Hey folks and welcome to another episode of Podcraft. This is the show all about podcasting from launching your show to monetization and everything in between. I'm Colin Gray from thepodcasthost.com, joined by Matthew. As always, how you doing Matthew? Happy New Year. So yeah, time of recording, we've just moved into 2023, haven't we? So on this episode, we're, we're continuing this uh, season 16 theme of talking to our colleagues and companions here at the podcast host in Alitu. Uh, and this time it's, a, it's another content pal of mine, it's Katie from Glasgow, yeah, uh, who's a journalist which is very impressive so she wanted to talk to us or I wanted to talk to her as it was about uh, taking a journalistic approach to your podcast content because there's a lot we could pull from that world isn't there Colin? Absolutely yeah I mean it's been great to see the content so we we took Katie on about three months ago four months ago now didn't we to put out more topical content more content about the podcasting industry for people who are really deep in it people who want to see how the industry is going trends in the industry kind of investigate um you know, news stories and, and things like, um, you know, people claiming that this works for growth and that works for growth and things like that you can get into and really investigate and look at the data. Um, and it's been really cool to see that content coming out and doing really well as well. People are responding well to it, aren't they, Matthew? That's right, yeah. And I just wanted to give a quick shout out because Katie's now running a wee newsletter as well where she's publishing this content so you could get it direct to your inbox. So I'll give <laughs> a wee plug for that. You could get it at thepodcasthost.com forward slash topical. Uh, and you'll find all the, the posts there as well. Excellent stuff. Well, before we jump into it, I'll just say this content always sponsored by our own podcast maker, Alitu, which can do call recording, it can do editing, it does all your audio cleanup and hosting as well. So you can pop over to alitu.com to see that if you want to make your podcasting far easier. But shall we jump into the content now, Matthew? Yes, let's do it. So how are you doing today, Katie? You well? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. Cold in Glasgow? Yeah. Pretty cold, pretty cold and wrapped up in an embarrassing amount of layers. Yeah, Katie looks like an Eskimo at the moment <laughs> uh, for, for anyone who can't see, which is everyone, because this is audio. Uh, journalistic approaches, Katie, what, what does that mean? What does a journalistic approach even mean if you're taking one towards your content? So I would say, you know, taking a journalistic approach to your content is really just you know, taking time to research your subjects and sort of, you know, a more kind of a structured approach to how you're building your stories and, you know, thinking about the sort of stuff you're going to be covering in your podcast. Um, I would say like any, any kind of good content creation process should involve a wee bit of journalism, obviously apart from uh, fictional, fictional stuff, but um yeah, I do think that there's quite a lot that we can kind of take from the processes that journalists use to kind of improve content and kind of build a reputation as a more trusted source with your content. It's one of the things with podcasting, like, I mean, you're getting in front of a mic and you're just saying stuff. <laughs> it doesn't necessarily all come out as factual. I suppose, like, there, there's two ways to think about it. Like, you, you might be coming to your podcast as an expert on a topic and, you know, you've gained all your expertise and your knowledge from something that you do in in life anyway. Maybe you're trained, maybe it's your your job or whatever. So a lot of the stuff you're saying you know anyway and you're qualified. But then there's a lot of other types of podcasts or content where um, you are having to do a lot more research, aren't you? Because that knowledge isn't a given for you. You know, maybe you're doing some sort of like health eating podcast, but for you that's a new thing. It's not something you're, you're qualified in. So you're going to need to do a lot of research on that front as well, aren't you? 
yeah, just basically using other other sources and stuff to try and like build trust with the content that you're that you're creating, and also like asking people who you know who know their stuff, asking experts that actually that know, and being able to weave that into the content that you're creating as well. When we think about then putting together a podcast episode, if we're, we're going to sort of source some good stories, uh, one of the classic pitfalls is, is Wikipedia, isn't it? Like you hear a lot about that in podcasts and that, especially in the true crime genre these days, uh, someone will just bang up Wikipedia and just basically read off there. And that <laughs> that's pretty problematic, isn't it? Um, I think to an ex- like it can be, but also I think as long as, you know, people spend a lot of time working on the sources and stuff in Wikipedia articles and most like good Wikipedia pieces will have original sources. So as long as you kind of work your way backwards and and trace where that information actually came from originally, then I would say it's okay to use Wikipedia as a source, but I wouldn't, yeah, definitely wouldn't just like quote a Wikipedia page as as a source if there's no other like further source to it. What about sourcing stories? Any tips on that front? Yeah, definitely. Um, for sourcing stories, signing up for like like newsletters or email marketing for uh, specific um, sources that are relevant to what your your niches, your podcast niches, or whatever I would say is probably a really good start. And also like Google alerts. Setting Google alerts is something I would always do. Like obviously you can set it to like instant or daily or weekly so that you're always getting um notified of stuff that's going on within within your your niche. And then that can kind of like that can be a good way of um getting inspiration for topics to cover in your episodes. So is that sort of similar to what you do? Because you're you're doing a lot of topical content for us. Uh, so you're keeping your eye on the game in terms of like podcasts and news and Mm-hmm. Uh, big things that have happened and stuff like that. So is that the approach that you're taking? Yeah, mostly I would say Google Alerts is like, I mean, I have mine set to instant. So it's one of these things that you you cut, like you open up your email and you've got about 40 Google notifications because obviously the podcasting industry, there's a lot of stuff going on all the time. So, you know, if you have like quite a narrow niche, something that's quite specific, this can work really well. Um it means it's less effort for you as well when things are just coming into your inbox. But yeah, I would say it is a really good, yeah, it's a good starting point, essentially. Do you have a process from like, so you've got an inbox and stuff comes into it, but then you need to kind of go through it, pick out anything that's interesting. Do you have, do you have like a next step? Do you have, I don't know, maybe even like a Trello board or that where you, you'll put potentially interesting stuff and, and sort of go through it from there? Yeah, I actually think Trello boards are a really good idea for this stuff. We both, I know we both are big fans of Trello um, just because they're really visual um, and it's a free tool. So obviously that's like a um, a good way to kind of organise your ideas. But also in the past, I've used spreadsheets a lot, just having like a column for like a topic idea, um, maybe like in terms of, I, I think quite often in titles, um, I think that's also like a good thing to take from journalism that a lot of the time, um, journalists always look for stories in terms of like a hook or a title because it just keeps all of your your ideas really focused and it makes you also think about you know is this something that my listeners are going to be actually interested in hearing about will someone click on this and what actually you know what's the story and then I would put that in a spreadsheet 
because yeah it's always a good thing as well because if you're starting to run out of ideas or maybe time starts to run away with you and then it creeps up and you've got to come up with a topic all of a sudden and doing that from scratch obviously like listeners will know that's like can be a bit of a nightmare sometimes so then if you've got this bank of ideas uh, in a spreadsheet that you can fall back on it can be a real godsend sometimes then I suppose there's the thing around like how long a story is going to be interesting or, or worth covering, isn't there? Because you'll get one that, like, by 24 hours' time, it might not be that relevant or interesting, whereas you'll get other stuff that's a lot more of a slow burn, wouldn't you? Yeah, I would say, I mean, because for a spreadsheet, like, putting together a spreadsheet like that obviously doesn't really, like, not very many journalists would do that because everything's so time sensitive. But if you're running like a blog or a podcast or something, it is a lot more um, useful because the content tends to be more evergreen. So yeah, that's kind of the difference between the two. I think for podcasting, because it's kind of slow journalism, I guess you could say. Uh, So it is more useful because you can kind of pick up on topics later down the line it doesn't need to be you know something doesn't you don't need to have your episode out within that week for it to be relevant for it to stay relevant what about the process of researching a story then like you know something that you want to cover in your podcast or blog or whatever um what are the sort of first steps towards towards going about researching it um i mean sources like wikipedia and stuff like that are actually quite good i would imagine are quite good for these things if you come up with an idea that you're interested in in researching obviously like a a google search first of all but i would say you know don't just rely on the first source that you find you want to have like i mean i'm crazy for having about 40 tabs open at once it's kind of like a bit of a curse of the journalistic approach to anything but yeah just i would say always trying to look at like multiple sources because you'll always as well find, particularly when you're looking at things like data, you'll find a stat that says one thing and then a stat that says the complete opposite. So I think spending time to actually build a picture that's, that is that is a bit more trusted is kind of the best approach. And always tracing backwards, I would say if you like if you find something that you think's like a juicy bit of information or something that you want to include in your show, but then the link that's included is a broken link or something, or it links to something that's really dated, like I would say you wouldn't really want to talk about any data that's more than like five years old or something because everything changes so quickly that that stuff becomes so outdated. So I would say just trying to find that original source um, and always kind of trying to work backwards. And you'll know as well, like, and we've got like these podcasting statistics guides uh, on the podcast host. Sometimes you have to like remove uh, stats that you include in it completely because the sources are just too old. So you can't really be confident about talking about them anymore, um, which can always be a wee bit heartbreaking because if there's something that you think is interesting or you really want to say it, but the sources aren't reliable enough, I just would always say it's better just not to use it. Yeah, or I suppose you could just um, use it as a, a a mark in the sand, I suppose. You know, like yeah. in 2018, things were like this. Um, and yeah. we don't have any we don't have any modern stats because that that's totally. frustrating to me if we're talking about stats and data like 
you see somebody's done a cool survey, they've just never repeated it again, and we'd really yeah. like to see what the updated data was. But what about uh, you've touched on this already, but the, the fact checking aspect? Then, so are you looking at um, two, three, four trusted sources that you could? get a more rounded view on something. Yeah, even just having a couple of sources that are recognising that there are different angles to different arguments and stuff like that as well when you're working with um, with data. But I think it just really depends on the subject as well. You know, like some subjects it's okay to kind of um, include more things to do with like opinion. But um, yeah, it's that, that line between fact and opinion um, can be a wee bit um, hazy sometimes, can't it? But yeah, I would say yeah, three or four is probably a good a, a good starting point for sure. Um, and I think also it's like always a good thing to link to your sources in your description or show notes or whatever, just to give people the opportunity that they can do a wee bit more reading into it if they want to they want to learn more about it or um, understand a wee bit more about the kind of data that you're using and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean any podcasts that do like you'll hear sometimes on podcasts a, a host will talk about a certain study or data or that and they won't really they won't go into it too much you know how many people were actually involved in this and how is it done and stuff like that they're just giving you the yeah. they're giving you the result but you've very little other information about it and then they won't link to it so you have to then google it yourself so it's bad practices overall there isn't it Definitely. And I think also there's this misconception that a lot of the time because of the format of podcasting that listeners like don't pay attention and that you can just say these things like kind of mention a stat flippantly and nobody will, you know, want to like look it up or to check it, you know. And um, I think in general, people do want, want to know more. They want to be able to like do their own research. What about then, we're talking about reporting on stuff there, but what about if you're taking the journalistic approach with a view to actually tracking some people down to get quotes in that for a story? Um, have you Is that something that you that you do a lot of? Yeah, um, I've also done a wee bit of PR kind of in the past as well. So a lot of this is also um, like tracking people down for comment and things. And I think a lot of people shy away from doing that. They think that, it's not something, I don't know, I think they're kind of maybe frightened of rejection. But in general, in my experience, I would say that people love being contacted for comment um, and they normally will take it like as a real compliment. So um, obviously sometimes someone's going to be too busy, but the worst that can happen is they don't reply to your email or they say they're not interested. So I think it's always a really good idea to try and contact people for comment for sure. And I do think as well, it's always really important to like, when we're talking about citing sources, if you are, if you have contacted someone for a comment, using things like, you know, like verbal cues, like quote unquote, or saying that you're paraphrasing someone, otherwise you might um, rub someone up the wrong way (laughs) or think that you're plagiarizing their content or their comments or something like that, yeah. Do you think there's a risk, like, if you take a proper journalistic approach that you're almost removing yourself and any opinions and thoughts from the content and therefore you become, like, less of an authority over time? Because people more just see you as the person that's pulling this all together, but they never really see you as, like I say, the expert or authority. Yeah, I think there's definitely definitely a balance there um, because... 
I mean, I'm, I think one of, another one of the draws, obviously, of podcasting is that that sort of intimacy with a host and how you know a host's opinion is also so important and kind of brings the kind of I don't know the life to to a podcast as well. I mean, people aren't going to listen to a podcast to hear you know a really completely impartial, objective. Um, view of a subject in the way that you do see in a lot of like newspaper sources and things like that but it's just finding that balance it's good to to bring your own your own perspective or your own angle to something but it's just whenever you're um you're researching or finding the core of a story it's just that element of it building on top of fact and stuff so that you can build trust and then you can add that layer of your own opinion um, on top of it, I would say. I think a really good example of this, I give, um, I use uh, an Irish podcaster, Blind Boy, as an example all the time for pretty much everything that I think is good about podcasting. But he's um, like really knowledgeable in a lot of areas, but he, um, and he, he does like a lot of research goes into every every podcast that he does, but he never claims to be an expert in any areas and is always very clear about all of the like the studies and stuff that he uses in his content but then he's also so opinionated and he brings this extra layer over the top that really like that's what people I think tune in to hear they want to hear his opinion but they also enjoy hearing his opinion because he bases everything on these studies and and kind of he's just very um conscious of sources and of and of experts and doesn't claim to be an expert so he gets contacted a lot by like people in the Irish government and stuff to like to talk about mental health and things because he talks about mental health a lot in his podcast but he won't do it because he says I'm not a mental health expert if you want somebody to do it get a mental health expert on and I just think that's quite um admirable because a lot of people would just go yeah I can do that I'll just go mm-hmm. on and I'll speak about that. But I think that it's just quite dangerous territory. And I think he builds such a loyal following because he's very um, honest and a bit humble about his expertise. One of the uh, one of the things I was thinking of there as well is um, when we talk about like putting your own spin on it, that there can be that angle of like, what does this mean for you, my audience? And like, this is a lot of what you're doing when you write the topical content for the website. So like there's a story there, but you are then saying, okay, what does this mean for the indie podcaster? So that, that could apply to any, any niche or any topic, couldn't it? Yeah, definitely. I think it kind of goes back to your sort of like your hook as well. Like when you're thinking about what, what to cover in your podcast always thinking about your listeners who your listeners are keeping your demographics in in mind and thinking about you know what will they actually take from this will they actually find this interesting um you know it kind of keeps you keeps you like focused on something there was an acronym that we used to use a lot I'm really bad with acronyms but it's like what's in it for me so W I I F M, but that's probably not correct. But um, yeah, just always always thinking about about that and keeping your kind of listeners in mind because that's kind of in in my opinion that's kind of where I see like weaknesses in some podcasts I listen to is when things go there's wormholes and you go off in these kind of tangents where the the value kind of starts to 
disappear a bit. And I think it's really uh, useful to always have that in mind of like, are you providing value? Is this something that's going to engage people? Or is it just something I find interesting that I want to talk about? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, what, uh, just briefly on your own background, Katie, what like other jobs have you had over the years in this field? Oh, so I would say, yeah, it's been quite varied, actually. Um, I mean, I, I interned a couple of newspapers when I was at uni because I thought I was going to get into journalism. But then when I graduated, I realised that, like, to do a journalistic role, you don't necessarily have to work at, like, a newspaper or a magazine or anything. And a lot of, like, other jobs can kind of bring in elements of journalism. So... I moved into like content management. So I was ghostwriting industry specific business to business, like B2B content for CEOs and founders of companies and stuff. So it was like real kind of deep dive researched articles and stuff um, for primarily search engines and things like yeah, writing for SEO, um, working in PR. Yeah, there's like so many uh, kind of different branches of roles that kind of incorporate journalism but aren't traditional journalistic roles if that makes sense and also obviously being a feature writer for the podcast host as well there's like these kind of roles can be really varied you're creating topical news content but then also guides to help people um with their podcasts as well so it's lots of variety yeah the topical content's pretty new for us because like the bulk of our content over the past uh, 12 13 years now has been like how to stuff uh so teaching people how to do stuff but yeah we've we've recently moved into that topical analysis um and it's going really well isn't it i'm i'm enjoying the the articles that are coming out uh you and the other writers that are putting them together so uh we've got a podcast news section on the site now uh that they'll find at the home page the podcasthost.com and then you're working on a wee a wee newsletter as well aren't you yeah, we do. We've just launched a newsletter. The first one went out last week um, called Podcraft Newsroom. That's just basically the highlights of the week. So any topical news stories that, that we're covering. Um, but what I really like about it as well is that we don't, we're not just covering stories for the sake of covering it. We're only covering stuff that we know is interesting that's really going to be of value to podcast creators. So um, the idea is that you shouldn't really have any filler content in these newsletters. It should all be kind of um, of interest to anybody that makes a podcast. That was great. Good conversation, Matthew. Thank you very much. Yeah, I like to think I brought all the, the quality info there. <laughs> Don't tell Katie, obviously. You, you, you expertly guided the conversation to uh, facilitate said excellent content. That's, what That's right. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> um, Something like so that. Something like we've, that. With with it being a new year, Colin, we've got some we've got a couple of episodes planned. We're going to have a chat about a couple yeah. of quite futuristic topics, aren't we? Because mm-hmm. now it is obviously the future. So mm-hmm. it is the future, and yeah, we've got. Um, it was just it was a coincidence, wasn't it? Really, we had a couple of articles come out towards the end of last year um, about a couple of topics that just felt kind of well, just a bit mental, really. Thinking like if we'd been talking about these three four years ago, you'd have thought you were in the future, and now actually it's just commonplace. Which are using drones and podcasting for capturing great footage for promo stuff and AI as well, eh, Matthew? How how are you faring with AI? Is it taking over your life yet? Yeah, I, I mean, I'll, I'm a big Terminator Two fan. I'm a big uh, Terminator mm, One yeah. fan as well. Not not 
keen on the other films. But yeah, it, it both excites <laughs> and scares me. But I am waiting on the day where Arnold yeah. walks into the pub and demands my clothes, boots and motorcycle. It can't be that far Indeed. away, can it now? So. Nah, nah, not long, not long. But yeah, on a serious note, it's like we've been playing around with it, um, with a bunch of stuff around sort of chat GPT and kind of prompts around podcasting topics and all the ways it can help podcasters. Eh? So it's actually, it's... I think there's lots of ways it can be of real good value and it doesn't mean replacing you as a host or even a writer. So we'll talk about all the things we've discovered around there, eh, Matthew. It's not, you're not going to lose your job anytime soon. Not this month. At least. Yeah. Well, in the current climate, we'll not tempt fate too oh, much. Oh yeah, sorry. I shouldn't, shouldn't make any promises. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> cool. Yeah, I'm cool. looking forward to having those chats. Uh, so yeah, stay, stay. This is topical. Stay, stay following because I'm guilty of still saying stay subscribed. Lindsay's doing an article about this as well at the moment, uh, whether we should be using the term subscribed and follow. Um, but I'm, I'm very much a man of my time. It says subscribe <laughs> and review us on iTunes. So yeah. That's it. That's it, exactly. <laughs> All right, before we tie up, we'll just mention Alitu again. If you are looking for a way to make your podcast much, much easier, uh, look at Alitu. Alitu is our podcast maker app designed for any podcaster just to make your workflow easier. Whether you're a beginner and you want to forget about the tech, automate things like call record, uh, like the uh, audio cleanup, uh, help things like call recording. You can do all your editing in there in a podcast-specific editor. And it does hosting now as well. So you can actually host your podcast for free within Alitu. Um, well, you pay for Alitu, obviously, but the hosting has been added in for free, <laughs> um, up to a thousand downloads a month. So if you want to check at Alitu, go over to alitu.com, A-L-I-T-U.com, and you get a seven-day free trial. So you can try it out, check it's for you, and then start making your workflow easier. All right, that'll do for this week. Matthew, I'll see you again next week for some drones action. We'll be flying through the skies of the podcasting uh, industry. Yep, plenty droning on puns, I'm sure. So uh, yeah, looking forward to it. (laughs) All right, I'll talk to you then. Mm